Welcome to the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Saunders, and this is a space where you'll discover the science behind the woo of your soul-led business, collapsing timelines through combining identity work, quantum principles of creation, and nervous system-aligned sales strategies. Here, we take a science-backed approach to understanding the magic of manifestation and the role our brains and bodies play in our success as business owners. It is my intention that the time you spend here serves as a channel through which you gain access to the clarity and ways of being in your business that'll enable you to impact thousands and transform your world in the process. Oh, hey, you guys, I'm really excited to um, dive into today's topics and um, yeah, really sort of approach this whole conversation of you know, accessing our personal power, our most confident self, leaving behind the doubt, the fear, the imposter syndrome from a very different place. Um, I'm not going to talk about affirmations today. I'm not going to talk about mindset work, actually. Um, I'm going to talk about a very different approach to, you know, thinking about and, and uh, yeah, approaching manifestation and, um, who it is that you're being in regards to the things that you desire that, I don't know, maybe some of you have heard pieces of it before, but it certainly took a long time for me to piece this together because I, I mean, I wasn't seeing anybody talk about it in the space. That doesn't mean there aren't people, but anyways, hello. Hi, Jenna. So nice to have you in here. Say hi, if you guys are watching, really appreciate it. And thank you for your feedback on yesterday. And I loved, um, reading your answers to the calls to action and all that kind of stuff. One thing I wanted to clarify with the giveaway that I announced yesterday, every time you either do the, the like homework action, the daily prompt and, or post on your Instagram stories, that's like a additional entry into the giveaway. So there's potential for eight different entries for your name to be in there eight different times. And when I've done giveaways in the past, it almost always, the prizes almost always go to the people that have consistently, you know, gotten their name in there as many times as possible. Um, okay. Hi, Camille. Thank you so much for being here, girl. I really appreciate you. Appreciate all of you guys. Okay. So today we're talking about a few, um, (laughs) very wordy things, but that are real, uh, big components of the world of manifestation. And we're going to talk about all of them today from likely a different space. You've heard them discussed before. We're going to talk about unconditional alignment and what that even means. The biology of belief and actually the unconditional alignment part is supposed to have like a part one, because we're going to dive into it deeper. Um, I think it's, I think it's, uh, on Friday day four, but, um, the biology of belief, because so much of the time in this world and the self-development, you know, manifestation community belief is sold as something you should just be able to switch on in your brain. (laughs) Um, that's not how it works, but, uh, and then we're going to talk about the science behind emotional unattachment and what it truly means to be unattached, because you guys have probably heard it a million times, like just let go of the thing that you want, but there's a very real reason why most of the time we're not able to do that. Um, so we're going to dive straight in. Say hi, if you guys are watching, let me know what's resonating so far. If anything, I invited a friend to join. Um, I think I might've just let her in Jenna. Let me check, but thank you. You guys feel free. Yeah. I did just let a couple people in. So I think she's in here. Um, the more, the merrier happy to have more people. Okay. So 
Um, and if you guys are on the replay, let me know. And I'd love to know from you guys, you know, what's resonating in terms of the things that we're talking about uh, over these four days. Um, if you have any questions or you're wanting help with uh, sort of applying um, the teachings to whatever it is that you are desiring to create either in your life or business, then please just let me know. I love to have a conversation with you guys on these live streams. So alignment, I am the aligned entrepreneur on Instagram and my website and all that kind of stuff. Alignment, very simply put is feeling good about your goals and your desires. Most of the time, not, or, or even just the majority of the time, I think a lot of the time we think alignment is like living perfectly in the end and this like delusional level of belief in what you want. And while belief is a powerful energy, I have never once um, created like any kind of big intentional outcome in my life that I had my full fledged belief behind. It was always more like, uh, I don't know, 60 to 80% belief. Like, can I do this? And you know, the 20 to 40%, like, I don't know, this seems like a big thing. I don't know anyone else that has done this, or I've never done this. Like, how are you supposed to have your full fledged belief behind something that you've never experienced before? Just that notion is ridiculous. So it's not necessary to have full belief, but you need to be believing more often than not that what you want is available to you. So feeling good about your goals and your desires and believing in them more often than you are not. So alignment is really about what you are predominantly focused on, is what you are aligned with, and is what you are thus manifesting. Um, now, I want to talk today about the number one thing that most repels our desires and manifestations from us and really just keeps us out of our power and out of our alignment. And that thing is an energy of neediness or attachment. Now, I really want you to bear with me here because I'm not saying any of you guys are needy at all, but there is a certain energy. And I'm also not saying that this is any of this is conscious. We're going to really talk about what it means to have neediness or attachment behind our desires today and where that energy even comes from. And it's not what you think. Um, so the thing that most repels our desires and manifestations is an energy of neediness. And yesterday we talked about how the luminary expects everything, but needs nothing. So, um, and, and we also said the reason for that is that she believes that she's whole within herself. Um, and today we're going to talk about, you know, what that means to be good either way to want everything or sorry, expect everything, but need nothing and how to actually access that state of being, because it's again, not something like, I just, I can't stand the rhetoric. That's like, just let it go. And it's like something you desperately desire in your life. And there's nothing wrong with that. And now you're making yourself wrong for wanting the thing in the first place or for not being able to just magically turn certain switches off in your brain as if it, the brain even works that way, which it doesn't. <laughs> um, okay. So, and I like to think about, you know, everything that I'm desiring to manifest in regards to it being something I have a relationship with, or just using like a relationship or a friendship as sort of a metaphor. Um, when you are, uh, you know, say getting to know a new friend or a new romantic interest or something like that, Think about someone who has a real like needy energy behind them versus someone who's kind of good no matter what. Like, it's not that they don't desire to have you around. It's that like they're they're passionately engaged in their own life. They're not sitting at home waiting for you to text them. <laughs> they're not needing you to validate their existence, right? Whereas when someone does, it, it's a very sort of obligatory energy and it can feel really repelling. 
And uh, we so often bring this energy into the things that we desire in business, especially it comes up um, in relationships, in you know whatever it is that we want, no matter what the area is. Uh, and that neediness can also be known as attachment or resistance. And resistance is really just any thought, belief, emotion that is not in alignment with what you desire, right? So if the desire of um, a 10K month in your business would have you feeling joyful and abundant and free and successful, resistant energy to that is like unsuccessful, doubtful, insecure. And it's not that you have to like rid yourself of those emotions. The version of you who is a millionaire or has the love of their life or whatever, they're not this like perfect being. They still have doubts. They still have fears, right? But if we are spending the majority of our time in doubt, fear, resistance, insecurity, thinking nobody is interested in our work or whatever, having a lot of significance around money or not having money, then who we are being is not in alignment with what we desire. So um, where does this neediness come from? And there's really two parts to this, and we're going to dive into both of them today. Um, okay. So two key factors. One of them is whether we are aware of it or not, we're making our results or external circumstances mean things about ourselves. Um, and this is both having the thing that we want and not having the thing that we want. We all have core fears and beliefs about ourselves. Um, you know, unworthy, I'm unworthy, undesirable, not good enough, not blah enough, whatever it is. Um, and a lot of the time, these are things that we've inherited from other people. They're, um, you know, a result of past childhood experiences. Um, they're something that somebody said to us at one point that downloaded into our subconscious and became a personal belief, but we have core fears and beliefs about ourselves. And, we, we attach meaning to the things that we are wanting to call in or the things that we're not able to call in, uh, based on what those core beliefs about ourselves are or fears about ourselves. So we subconsciously seek out people, interactions and outcomes that confirm for us that our deep fear isn't true and resist anything that might confirm that it is. And we're going to dive more into that later, but if we just look at, you know, if you're struggling to get visible, I know that was a thing that a few of you said in your entry questions in terms of uh, a fear of yours. Um, if we look at, okay, well, what is that really about? It's if we get visible, because what is getting visible? It's not like showing up on Instagram is in and of itself sort of a meaningless activity. It's the things that may or may not come as a result of that judgment, um, perceived rejection, um, even acceptance, right? Like we're hoping for acceptance, but if we don't get it, well, what does that mean? And yeah, we're really going to dive into that, uh, later, but as I was, as I said, I just want to repeat that we subconsciously seek out people, interactions, and outcomes that confirm for us that our deep fear isn't true and resist anything that might confirm it. If we have a fear that we are unlovable, we're going to seek out people. We're going to seek out love from people. If we have a fear about being, you know, I don't know, not enough. We're going to seek out experiences that make us feel like we are enough. A lot of the time, this is actually where business owners operate from, at least in the beginning of their businesses is like this desire to prove something about themselves. And they're not realizing that their sort of key motivators in their business, um, really come from a place of lack and scarcity about themselves. And it's not that it's 
bad. It's that it creates attachment. So think of something that you resist, um, or feel fearful of doing or procrastinate around. Is there something that you've been wanting to do? Um, either, you know, maybe it's a side project, a side hustle, maybe it's a certain action taken in your business. Maybe it is launching your first course or changing careers or even like leaving a certain relationship. Think of something that you've been resisting or feel feeling fearful around doing or procrastinating from and hold on to that for later because we're going to come back to it. So it is impossible to stay focused on what you want when the chance of not, sorry, the chance of it not happening is personal confirmation for you of your deepest fears about yourself. So let's say you start a business and you start putting yourself out there and you launch a, you know, a new program or product or something like that. And you're met with crickets. It's not so much that again, like everything that happens in our lives is actually seemingly meaningless, but we assign meaning to absolutely everything. So we procrastinate or we self-sabotage from even being able to take those actions or follow through with them. And even if we do, it's so easy to um, fall into like emotional self-sabotage or energetic self-sabotage where we're like still taking the action, but we are, um, sorry, I'm getting notifications here on my computer. Go away. <laughs> um, okay. Sorry we're still taking the actions, but they don't, they don't have our alignment behind them, right? They don't have our way of beingness behind them. So if we're taking actions, we're doing certain things, uh, or we are, and we're either sabotaging when we're doing them or before we're doing them. It's because there's a risk there of having something confirmed about ourselves that we don't want ourselves. And we don't want confirmed about ourselves. Um, okay. So none of this is your fault. But it is your responsibility just to look at what are my personal triggers? What are the fears that I have? Where is it that I am in resistance about something? And awareness is absolutely everything because I don't really believe we ever completely get rid of, you know, all of our fears or anything like that. But if we are aware of them and we are aware of where they're coming from and what they're even about, then we get to have like have power over them. They don't get to have power over us. And I'm going to talk about, you know, how we do that and what it means. Um, so what are you making your desires both present, like both in your life currently and not mean about you, or what are you making your desires? The, the possibility of them and the possibility of not having them mean about you. So some examples, a client reaches out to you on Instagram and they're like, I'm really interested in this product or service. Can you tell me more about it? You might have a meaning of like, if this client books in, it means that it's working. It means that I'm going to be successful. It means that I get to, you know, buy this thing for myself. It means that I am desired by people. Uh, another one, if he or she doesn't feel the same way as me, it means that I'm undesirable and will be alone forever. I'm a little dramatic with some of these. Uh, if I don't get this job, it means I'm a failure. A lot of the time this is subconscious. Most of the time it's subconscious, but we all do it. And on the flip side, we can e just as equally make our, make the presence of our desires mean things about us that are not helpful. So if I manifest a $10,000 month, it means that I am successful or I have made it, or because I manifested this $10,000 month, 
month. Now it means that I'm successful and people desire to work with me as a coach or whatever. And the reason that this is like a slippery slope and a, a unstable foundation to build things on top of, and I really did this by the way, um, is because if we're allowing external circumstances to be the reason that we get to feel worthy and good enough and desired, well, those external circumstances can be taken away or they can change. And this is such a big part of where Luminary even came from for me was that I had unknowingly over the course of sort of like 2019, 2020 built a really, you know, successful business for myself and got in this apartment and the car and blah, 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 all the stuff and had unknowingly really started to source a lot of my identity from those things. And it kind of happened slowly. I didn't really recognize it, but I was, you know, really drawing a lot of, because I'm a business coach and I specifically help people with making money. I drew my worth as a coach, a lot of it anyways, from the amount of success that I had. And that worked really well for me as long as the, the money I was making and the results that I had not only kept showing up, but also had to keep growing, right? Because I was, I was proving something about myself and I needed, because this was my condition around my alignment, right? We're talking about unconditional, unalign, uh, un unconditional alignment. My condition around my alignment had everything to do with the amount of money that I was making or not making. And so then in last year, I've talked about it on my podcast and stuff like that. I just had a real shitty mental health year with the pandemic and stuff like that. And there was just no part of me that could show up in the same way in my business that I had previously. It doesn't mean that I, it wasn't still doing well, but it wasn't growing in the way that I was telling myself it needed to in order for things to keep on working and for people to desire to keep working with me. And that was a really like, you know, uh, shaky foundation to be on. And I'm really glad that I saw it. And I think that because it's had me, you know, draw my personal power from things that have nothing to do with anything that I've personally created. And, you know, with manifestation, you guys, you get what you're aligned with no exceptions. It's only the conditions that we create in our mind. It's not, I can't make a $10,000 a month until there's a thousand people following me on Instagram. The conditions have nothing uh, to do with anything in terms of what we're able to create, unless we put those conditions in place. So we can create and manifest completely unconditional of our, um, of our external circumstances, unless we put those rules in place. And it can be really, really easy to do that because the whole world wants you to believe that there are rules around the things that you want and who and how you need to be in order to get them or in order to have them and keep them. So if I have a $10,000 month, it means that I'm successful or people desire to work with me because I make $10,000 a month. If I lock him or her down, then I get to be worthy of love. It means I'm not screwing up this area of my life or I'm not going to be alone forever or whatever. <laughs> um, if I can get X, then I get to feel Y. That's, I think, like what it really comes down to. If I lose 10 pounds, then I finally get to feel confident. If I, I don't know, have X manifest for me, I finally get to be happy. I finally get to feel worthy, confident enough. I, that actually is the thing I think for most of us, it comes down to, we have attachment around the things that we desire because we think that when we get them, we will finally feel like enough. <laughs> and this is why there's always a carrot being chased on a string um, because we get the thing and we've not addressed what was internal for us, which we're going to talk about today um, in terms of what was like missing. And then we're like, oh, well, the $10,000 didn't do it or the 20 pounds lost didn't do it or the boyfriend didn't do it or the car didn't do it. I guess I just need more, right? 
I still don't feel enough. I still don't have these things that I'm worried might be true about me proven wrong. And it's because it has nothing to do with what's outside of you. You are not your results. You're not your circumstances or your belongings or any of that stuff. Um, so all of this creates conditional alignment with ourselves and with the things that we desire to create. And that's the only reason that, you know, we so often struggle to manifest it's because we have this like level of attachment and angst around things, not because of the thing itself. Like what does $10,000 in the bank actually mean? Why would we need to get that specific about things if not for some egoic reason? And I'm not saying it's bad to desire a certain amount of money per month, but, or any specific circumstances, but it's more often than not coming from a place of thinking that we need to control things. Like I see people all the time, you know, they make a list of what they want their quote unquote soulmate to look like and be like, and all these qualities. And he needs to be this tall and this color of eyes and hair and have this job and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what do you actually care? Like if you were to meet someone that met none of those circumstances or ticked none of those boxes on your list, but that you were like wildly in love with, would you give two shits? Or do you think you need to control how and what it looks like so that you get to feel a certain way and control really comes down to fear and attachment and what we are making things mean, right? If, if, um, he or she looks a certain way, then my friends and family will be <laughs> impressed or it'll, will be a certain way together, look a certain way together. I don't know. Um, if I'm making $10,000 a month, the people on Instagram will be really impressed with me. Um, again, it's like, it's not an issue to have these goals. It's what we want to look at. Well, where are the specifics that we're introducing to what we want causing unnecessary resistance because it's the resistance and it's the attachment and it's the neediness that has it not come to us or has it feel really, really difficult to create. Everything is available quite easily. The work is not even necessarily believing in it more. It's resisting it less. And so we're looking at the, the, um, sources of that resistance. So, um, a little, uh, like, you know, just mind activity for you guys or whatever, put yourself in the shoes of your desire and imagine hearing yourself say, um, like, so imagine, let's say it's another person, imagine dating someone, um, and that, that, and you in this scenario represent whatever your desire is or whoever your desire is. And that person said, if you don't shower me with love and affection constantly, it means that I'm not enough and I'll never be happy. <laughs> it's like, that's a lot of pressure for them to be putting on you. And your, re your reaction is probably going to be one of pulling away one of like, I don't know, not, it's, it's just going to feel very, um, like, well, now I need to make my whole life about making this person happy. And they're going to be mad at me if I don't, that's the kind of energy that a lot of the time we put towards our manifestations. And trust me, I do it as well. <laughs> um, that has us not, this is all about who we are being the way that we feel about something. If we want more love, we need to be love. If we want more abundance, we need to be abundance. If we want more success, we need to feel successful. But the way of being that I'm talking about that's based in attachment and neediness is none of those things. And then we're like, this manifestation thing doesn't work. And so if we can look at, you know, who we are being as a result of what we are making things mean, that's the first step. And remember who the luminary is, whole and complete within herself. Everything else is just a bonus. Um, feeling this, I'm such a control freak, but healing that feels so freeing. Um, and we're going to talk about, we're going to get deeper here, Camille. 
I'm so excited. Um, and you know, I want to know from those that are watching, if you guys are, we had a lot of people watch the replay yesterday. Um, what, where are you giving things meaning? I mean, God, I do it all over the place. Um, you know, meaning around how my business is doing that I've really done a lot of work around that and released it, but for sure it still comes up because I'm in an industry where everybody's always outperforming one another and, you know, like making it known how much money they make. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, in fact, I would say it's very inspirational. It was very inspirational for me to see other women that I could identify with that were just freaking killing it. I think that's the reason in the very early days that I believed it was even possible. So I'm not saying any of these things are inherently bad, but we have to really look at where am I making my external circumstances mean things about me, either in the having them or in the not having them. Um, and like I said, it's just as detrimental to make it mean bad things about you when something is not showing up as it is to make it, certain things mean good things about you when they are showing up. I hope that made sense. It's just as detrimental to say, if I can't, if I don't get, because I don't have, um, you know, this career, it means I'm failing at life, whatever. It's just as det detrimental to say that as it is to say, because I am making this much money in my business, I am desired by others. Both are equally problematic. Um, and this is why a lot of people, you know, build success for themselves and then lose it because there's all this attachment and meaning. And it's like, if I don't have these circumstances, then who even am I? We make our circumstances who we are and why we get to feel worthy about ourselves. Um, so remember who the luminary is whole and complete within ourselves. Everything else is just a bonus. So what meaning have you been attaching to your desires or lack of them? And what have you been thinking should be different than it is and how I'm going to come back to this question at the end, but how would the luminary you view your current set of circumstances? Because so much of the time it can really be as simple as choosing a new perspective on where we are at. And we're going to, I think we're going to talk about that in the next couple of days. I'm trying to remember what my notes say, um, but choosing a new story about it, a new meaning around where we currently are or are not. Um, because it's just a story. Like if you think, well, I'm 34 and single and that means me, by the way. Um, and that means X, Y, and Z about me. No, it doesn't. It doesn't, nothing means anything. <laughs> There's a sneak peek into things for you guys. Um, actually that's my next note. We'll talk more about this. Nothing means anything. I took this, um, series of programs or courses from a certain like self-development, uh, establishment. They have a location here in Toronto. They're all over the world. And they're sort of like core teaching is life is empty and meaningless. And you're a meaning making machine. In other words, nothing means anything except what we choose to make it mean. And a lot of what we make it mean is, is a reflection or a direct response to past traumas, things that have happened to us in the past, the um, beliefs we've inherited about people, or sorry, about ourselves from other people or from society, like what we talked about yesterday in terms of different industries, we have beliefs about what it means if we look a certain way or we fit into a certain size, um, all the <laughs> BS stuff. Uh, and so then all of that, all of those downloaded um, beliefs or perspectives or past experiences that we have dictate what we make things mean. It's very, it's very much like a personal thing. So what have you been thinking should be different than it is? And how would the luminary you view your current circumstances? So before we get to the next part, 
surrender for just a moment to the idea that everything in your life is exactly as it's meant to be. And just look at what comes up. Can you get there quite easily? Or are you like, well, Lauren, actually, let me tell you about why that is definitely not true <laughs> because I have all of these things going on over here and I didn't get that job. And that person said this to me, it's like, it's all of this energy. That's like attachment. And we actually fight for our limitations and we fight for what we decide things mean. And a lot of the time it's more of like a defense mechanism. So don't make yourself wrong for it, but what would you have to let go of to surrender to the idea that everything in your life right this second is exactly as it's meant to be. And I'm not saying, you know, this is all that you get or all that you deserve. I'm not saying accept things as they are because they're never going to get better. I'm saying when we can let go of resistance, everything gets to move because what you resist persists and it's in our resistance and our, you know, decisions around or stories about how things are, that we have resistance in the first place, that we're pushing up against things as they are um, and not allowing them to morph into something better or different. Now, part two. So you probably hear in manifestation, and it's very much about letting go of resistance, be good either way. Just know that you're good either way, right? This or something better. Who has heard this have you tried to implement it when it comes to intentionally creating something in your life? And how has that gone for you? The, uh, if you were to actually embody, I'm good either way. What is that? You know, what does that bring up for you? I want to talk about, um, what this actually means on a biology based or a bio, uh, biological level, because being good either way is very emotionally bypassy when we understand <laughs> the, the science behind it. That's for most people makes it next to impossible to actually be good either way without the job, without the relationship, without the money, without these things that we, the really big things that we desire. If we don't desire them, it's because there's resistance around them. And when you say to someone, just be good without it, there's more often than not a lot of resistance that comes up around that, or just an inability to get there altogether. So, um, to do so, to be good either way, we need to look at what we actually mean by good. Um, I just want to read these because something I've wanted for a few years haven't, hasn't shown up exactly how I imagined or wanted them to. I've questioned if it's still happening or is still possible. Totally. Um, I think a lot of my issue is perspective, constantly thinking I should be more accomplished and successful by now. Um, I feel like you're so accomplished girl. And when out, when outside looking in or with fresh eyes, I see that I'm taken care of. I have everything I need and I have an abundance of time and freedom. Yeah. So, you know, your call to action today, um, is going to be about telling that new story. Right. And it's amazing what happens in an energy of acceptance. When we finally just decide I am okay. I am good with where I'm at. Nothing needs to change. Then everything starts to change. <laughs> um, and I really get the whole, like, there's certain things that haven't happened the way that I imagine them. Um, because a lot of the time with manifestation, we think that it's about being able to control how and when something happens. <laughs> and, uh, you know, if you had told me like six years ago when I was 28, and at that point I was doing mindset work around like relationships and dating and that kind of stuff. If you told me back then that I'd still be here single six years later. And I mean, there's, I've done a lot of traveling. I've built two businesses in that time. So there's a lot of different reasons. It's not just like, it's not like I've been focused. I've gone long periods of time where I just didn't focus on that all together. Um, however, like, well, okay. What I'm going to talk about next is going to 
I think shine some light for a lot of us as to why certain things don't happen and don't have, haven't happened yet. And when we desire them to, what if good either way brings resistance, because it makes me feel like I'm accepting less than I know I'm capable of, even though I know that's not true. Um, yeah, let me think about that for a second. I'm accepting less than I know I'm capable of, even though I know it's not true. It's not like, I totally get where you're coming from, Camille. It's not like being good either way is, you know, I don't need this thing. It's, or I don't know. It's not that it's, I don't want this thing. You're allowed to want it. You should want it. That's what we're here for. I want you guys to have the things that you want. But when it's, I need this thing to feel a certain way, that's what I'm talking about. When I say I'm good either way, in, in other words, I'm going to be whole and complete with, with or without this right? And if we can get to that place, that's what I'm talking about. It's not about accepting less. It's about looking at where is the resistance coming up and what is the meaning that I'm giving things. Okay. So um, now, as I said, we want to look at what it is that we mean by being good either way. So what's the real reason that we have attachment and therefore neediness? So on a physiological level, neediness is actually a fear of not being safe. Now, bear with me here. <laughs> on a physiological level, meaning on like your body level, physical level, neediness is actually a fear of not being or feeling safe. Sometimes this is about physical safety, but more often in today's day and age, it's about um, emotional safety. So the body and brain's number one goal is not to have us be happy. It's to have us stay safe, to keep us safe. And that's like a very much an evolutionary thing, right? We've gotten this far because we have systems in our, in our brain and body that are meant to keep us safe from, from danger. In today's day and age, most of our danger is emotional or something that we are just thinking about, not actually experiencing a lot of the time. So throughout our lives, we have experiences that left us feeling emotionally or physically unsafe. Um, you know, unloved, rejected, abandoned, unseen, unheard, unaccepted, unwanted, you fill in the blank, whatever it is for you. Um, not enough. It's most of the time what it comes down to. So, you know, we have, we're in kindergarten and our teacher says to us, you know, you <laughs> making this up, you don't get the gold star because you were supposed to color the rainbow in this order of colors and you didn't, you screwed it up. No gold star for you. And in that moment, you were made to feel like you weren't as seen or appreciated or accepted or celebrated as the other kids. Certain, sometimes certain things happen to us that really do cause like, a, uh, basically like trauma or do cause a lasting belief about ourselves. Sometimes they don't. This is not about looking at the source of any of this. This is just about understanding how your body works and how, um, how it's dictating right now, how you feel about things and the level of attachment behind, we have behind things. So the body and brain's operating system is called the nervous system. Um, and the nervous system has different key sectors, but one of them is the sympathetic nervous system. And I won't go too much into it, but what the sympathetic nervous system is, and I'm sure some of you guys have heard this before, but um, bear with me. What the sympathetic nervous system does is direct the body's stress response when it perceives a possible threat and it learns what to protect you from based on past experiences. So in other words, 
um, you are 18 and you're in love for the first time and that person cheats on you and you are left feeling extremely emotionally wounded from that. You're left feeling unloved, like you weren't enough, like you were, you know, secondary to whoever this other person was. Um, and now as you endeavor to create a relationship for yourself, your nervous system is operating in a way to try and pre prevent you from experiencing that threat again, because it left you wounded. Right. And even though it was an emotional wound, the body doesn't really know the difference. All it knows is like, this did not feel good in business. Um, so many of us have a fear of rejection. That's usually things in our personal lives or things from when we were kids or abandonment. And then we start promoting something. And if for a few days, we don't get uptake on whatever that is, it's so easy for our brain to go into a place and our body to go into a place of pulling away because we don't want to experience what we're perceiving as rejection again. Um, money, how many of us have money trauma from when we were kids and we saw our parents fighting about money or, you know, just there being a lot of unease or stress or anxiety about money. And so now the nervous system says, Ooh, money's not safe. I had better, you know, keep her from the amount of money that she wants. Um, with money, there's also a lot of like, uh, just risk of being seen a certain way by people. If we make a certain amount, there's actually a lot of fear around success that people are not aware of. It sounds so counterintuitive. Like I don't have a fear of success, but for many people, it's like, well, with money comes like a fear of being related to differently, which is a possible fear of abandonment, a fear of not fitting in whatever it is. Um, so we have certain things happen to us in our past, or we observe things that have happened on a family dynamic. There's even a lot of science around inheriting certain trauma from our parents. Um, I think all of that is really interesting and there's definitely truth to it, but we don't, again, we don't need to know the source of whatever it is. We just need to look at, um, how it is that our brain and body perceive itself as not being safe in certain scenarios, by the way, same thing in like uh, relationships, either in any real dynamic, but I think especially, um, romantic relationships is, uh, it, it's like something that we think we want and we do want it, but when it actually starts to unfold, I know I've, I've had, um, people say this to me on other live streams, when it actually starts to unfold or we get close to it, that's when that like avoidant attachment style comes in because it doesn't actually feel safe to make ourselves vulnerable and open ourselves to, up to someone fully seeing us. Because if they see us fully and then they leave, well, that's going to hurt. Uh, that's going to hurt a hell of a lot more than if we kept ourselves closed off and then they leave or they say something or they, you know, whatever it is, um, they fall in love with someone else or whatever it is. Uh, and so we keep ourselves closed and then we're operating in fear. And since we get in each area of our lives, who it is that we are being, if we're being fear, we don't get to have the love that we truly desire. Right? So, um, when we start to understand that thoughts of doubt and fear and actions or inactions of procrastination or self-sabotage are actually the nervous system's sneaky way of having you pull back from a possible threat, um, that's when we get to actually start doing the work that alleviates us from the doubt, the neediness, the attachment, all that kind of stuff. And I know that it can sound like, well, I have a desire for $10,000, but or whatever it is, $20,000, this relationship, that job, whatever, but I don't feel unsafe in not having it. But we want to look at, we want to go back to the meaning that we give things and look at where is it not safe to have that meaning that we're giving it confirmed or not confirmed, right? If it is 
well, if I don't have this launch be successful, or I don't have this um, client book in or this job, call me back for a second interview um, or an offer, then it means that I am not good enough. Well, where is that unsafe in the body? Where have you previously in your life felt like you weren't good enough? And now understanding that the nervous system just wants to protect you from that. The nervous system wants to keep you safe from experiencing something like that uh, in the you know current present day that felt the same way because it didn't feel good and we don't want to experience it again. And it felt oftentimes the things that were like, we struggled with most in our lives, whether it was, you know, a breakup or a loss of some sort or rejection or something like that, they feel like death to the body because some of our like core instincts are, um, you know, acceptance being included when we're babies, when we're born, if we are abandoned, we die. <laughs> so we have like a very core real need to be accepted, included, loved, taken care of, right? All of these things. And so where we're giving things meaning, if we're looking at where is that meaning that I'm giving this thing, uh, connected to safety, where am I not feeling safe? If I'm not hearing from that person, cause they haven't texted me in a day, where am I not feeling safe in that possibility? What meaning am I making it? And where, you know, potentially in the past has that a similar outcome or a similar meaning meant that I wasn't safe in some capacity. Um, so we talked yesterday about the wavering from your luminary self and conviction filled way of being. It isn't conscious or voluntary, but rather a physiological response meant to keep you out of harm's way. And the other thing you guys about um, the nervous system is that it keeps us from uh, the unknown as well. So it, it not, it's not just about what uh, we've experienced in the past and then situations, excuse me, situations in the current and the present that might remind us of that possibility. It's, it is that. And then it's also if there is an unknown, like the body's, the body and brain's main goal is to keep you safe. And what it knows is safe is what's familiar, what you've always been experiencing in your life. And so a lot of the time we have a tendency to stay in what's known, even though it's not what we want, because what is unknown can't be deemed as safe right? By the brain, by the body, by the nervous system. It doesn't a hundred percent know that that six figure business and, you know, being able to live and work from anywhere that you want or have that level of freedom is safe. It doesn't, it doesn't know that, right? It's not something you've ever experienced before. So how could it know that it's safe? <coughs> Excuse me. And you likely <coughs> have, um, don't have people in your life that experience those kinds of things. So you don't have evidence that it's safe. Same thing. Um, I mean, money is just like an easy one, but I mean, same thing with, with relationships. We don't know that it's fully safe to let somebody in. That's not a scenario that we're, that we might be like comfortable with or familiar with. And therefore we sabotage a lot of the things that we desire because on an unconscious level, the body and brain's main goal is just to keep you safe. And what is, what it knows is safe is the known. And actually I was having this um, I often use an example of someone that was, I think it was in mind magic. She was, uh, asking this question on wine and wisdom, but it was just such a good example. And she said, I really desire to create more money for myself. Um, I always have enough to pay all my bills, but at the end of every month, I have $0 left over. And as soon as I have more money in my bank account, it doesn't, I'm worried that I'm going to lose it somehow. 
And so I said to her, well, even though like on a very conscious level, you obviously know that more money would actually be safer. Your unconscious doesn't know that it only knows what's familiar and what's familiar to it is this, this, um, reality that you've been experiencing up until now. Right. Um, this is a lot of the work that we do inside of luminary, by the way, is finding safety in our bodies and in our brains with the things that we desire such that, or the things that we've often, if you have a fear of visibility, for instance, you don't need mindset work. You need body work. You need nervous system work. Um, we also do work around familiarizing yourself with what it is that you want there. It's very possible that if you've had something you've wanted for a long time and you don't have it, it's because on an unconscious level, you don't actually know that having it would be safe. Um, okay. So from earlier, actually, I'm just going to check in with you guys, make sure we're all good. Hi, Lizzie. Um, okay. So from earlier, we said we subconsciously seek out people, interactions, and outcomes that confirm for us that our deep fear isn't true and resist anything that might confirm it. Um, all of this is about safety, right? I, I want to confirm for myself that I'm safe and I want to stay away from anything that might confirm that I'm not or might confirm these things that I'm fearful of being true about me, I don't want to do anything that might make that true. If it's a fear of rejection per se, and you're having a hard time getting visible in front of your audience, then that's a fear of having that, sorry, that is a potential of having that fear of rejection confirmed for you. Because if you show up in front of your audience and you sell something or you put something out there and it's not received, or you don't get the engagement or nobody reaches out to you. Well, now you're having a very core wound confirmed for yourself. And not only are you, you know, likely consciously going to hold yourself back from that, but more importantly, unconsciously and on like at a nervous system level, you're going to do the same thing as well. So think of something that you resist. This is from earlier. I said, think of something that you resist uh, or feel fearful of doing or procrastinate from, or just something that you haven't yet allowed yourself to go and get. So where is it? Ask yourself, if I have resistance around this thing, where is it that I'm not feeling safe? So Camille, you said, what if good either way brings me resistance because it makes me feel like I'm accepting less than I know I'm capable of? Well, why isn't it safe to have less than the, you, you know that you're capable of? right? Where would you be disappointed? Where would maybe other people be disappointed or where is it that, and thanks for putting that in there. Cause it's just a perfect example. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying any of these things about you. I'm just, I'm just uh, kind of proving a point here, but why would it be so bad to not fulfill on what you know yourself to be capable of? What does that actually mean? Right? You have a really successful business right now. What if you just stayed where you're at forever? I'm not suggesting that that's at all what's going to happen. I know who you are and how freaking powerful you are, but why would that be bad? I had a client call um, with someone a little while ago who said the same thing. Like, I just desire to make a lot of money because I know that I'm, that I can. And I feel like the longer that goes by and this isn't happening for me, you know, the more frustrated I get. And I said, well, what if it didn't happen for you? And then what? I really like that question. I can't remember who I heard it from. And then what, what would that mean? Right. And if it meant that you were, and you can kind of like follow this down, this is like an exercise for you guys. If it meant that you, you know, were letting yourself down. Okay. And then what, what would that mean? Well, if I'm letting myself down, then I'm letting others down. Okay. What does that mean? And then what, um, you know, I'm a failure or not a failure, but I'm not living up to my full potential. Okay. And then what, what does that mean? <laughs> Whatever one, one resonates with you. And most of the time we follow that 
line of questioning down low, like far enough, we'll get to some point of some trigger from when we were a kid and we were told that we were going to be a failure. And we have done on an unconscious level, everything possible to make sure that that's not true about us because it does not feel safe to be a failure. Right. And I'm not saying again, that any of these things are happening. I am having you address the source of your resistance, the real source of your resistance and why we doubt ourselves, why we have fears, why we have resistance, why we procrastinate, hold ourselves back. The real reason behind not wanting to get visible, not wanting to put yourself out there, not wanting to open up to people, whatever it is. Um, these are unconscious behaviors that are meant to keep you safe. And if we can really start looking at the topic of safety, the reality is, is that nine times out of 10, we are actually physically safe. And the nervous system, as I said, doesn't know the difference between the uh, like emotional safety and physical safety. So it always thinks that emotional threats are the equivalent of possibly dying. <laughs> and so you're literally, then you're like, I need to show up more on my Instagram or I need to start this business. And your nervous system's like, well, we don't want to die. So you probably should not do that thing. <laughs> That's a really like literal way of putting it. But this is why, you know, when we get triggered by something, um, I know I got some messages from people before we started a couple of days ago, addressing certain things that had happened to them, something someone had said, feedback that they'd gotten, a launch they'd done that didn't go to plan, um, that really took them out. I had a, one of the coaching intensives that I did in January that I put on my podcast, um, and I think that person's in here. Um, she had gotten this really nasty piece of feedback from a coach that she'd hired, which was like out of this world, but, um, and she just disappeared from her business for like six months because and fair enough, but it, because at that point now it was like confirmation of all the deepest, darkest things that she might've been afraid could be true about her. Someone had actually said those things to her triggered all that. That was like a serious stress response in the nervous system. Then what she did was proceed to make herself wrong for those six months that she wasn't showing up for, um, which I think is what we're all doing. But if we start to look at, well, actually that inactive, uh, inactivity or whatever it is, it's all about the nervous system. It's all about a lack of feeling safe. If someone says something to you and you spiral or, um, if you are, you know, dating someone and you don't hear from them for a few days or like whatever, and it causes you to spiral downward into all of these thoughts and emotions and this way of being that, you know, is not serving you. Well, we have to start looking at why, right? What does it actually mean if somebody doesn't text us for a day? Nothing doesn't, doesn't mean anything if they don't text you for three days a week. What does it mean if you have a, a launch of something that fails? It doesn't mean anything. <laughs> except for what we make it mean, which is potential for confirmation of the things that we most fear to be true about ourselves because of past experiences and traumas. So um, ask yourself when any resistance comes up, where is it that, that po the possibility of that thing has you not feeling safe? Why is it not safe to put yourself out there and not have it be received? Or why is it not safe to put yourself out there? Why is it not safe to um, have a potential client reach out and they want to work with you, but then two days go by and you don't hear from them. Why is that not safe? Um, what is it potentially confirming for you? Where is it that your nervous system is resisting it and trying to have you pull away in a self, like, uh, like a safety response, really, it's really like a self-defense mechanism, but it's, it's unconscious it's involuntary. And then we go around being like, oh, I have this doubt. I have this fear. <laughs> I need to not have these things because it means that I'm not going to get the things that I want in life. I'm so bad and wrong. 
It's like, no, you have systems in place that have evolved over millennia to keep you safe. That's it. So when the body doesn't feel safe, and this is one important thing to know, it triggers the brain to think in alignment with how it's feeling. And this is a really core part of what I want to sort of wrap up with you guys today is that our mindset, I did a podcast episode a little while ago that said that was called, do we have mindset all wrong? And I actually believe that most of the time we do. And it's not that I've done tons of mindset work. It's not that there isn't value in mindset work and changing our beliefs and all that kind of stuff. But, um, most of the time, or at least in periods of resistance, um, and even in periods of like joy, our brain is copying, however it is that the body feels. And we're going to talk about more of that on Friday and like emotional reprogramming in the body. Um, but when we don't feel safe in the body, the body says there's a threat. I need all systems on board to help me navigate away from it brain do your thing. And then the brain, what it does is start fixating on a possible worst case scenario or all of the, you know, all of these resistant thoughts, because what it's doing is preparing you for either fight or flight. Um, what it's doing for you is, or what it's doing is preparing, you know, it's preparing you to be able to best defend yourself. And really the body has control over the brain in those moments. So anytime that you're in anxiety or resistance about something, and you're like, I'm everything's, you know, always working out for me, or I'm a powerful creator, <laughs> but we're not addressing it at a body level. The mindset work doesn't go very far or it doesn't last. We might be able to think thoughts or affirm things that temporarily help us, but we'll find ourselves in 10 minutes from now or in a day from now back in those same kinds of thoughts, because we're not addressing where it's actually coming from, which is a stress response in the body or an emotional program that's well-practiced in the body. We'll go more into that later. So when we start to understand that the thoughts and emotions that are taking us out of our luminary energy are actually originating in the body, we get to go, uh, we get to go to work on addressing the source of our doubt, attachment, and resistance, find unconditional safety in every situation, and therefore unconditional alignment, belief, and power. Because Camille, for example, Again, thanks for being my <laughs> test subject here. When you find safety in the possibility of not moving beyond where you are right now, I promise you'll start to move towards it because now you are good either way. Now you're not resisting where you are because you're not saying that it's not where you should be or like whatever it is. Um, it's no longer a risk of having something about you from God knows when we don't need to find it <laughs> um, confirmed or not confirmed. So I just want to say that again, this is really important. We need to start approaching who we are being and our mindset and our energy and our access to our power from a place of body first, body led being or business or whatever. Um, and this, you guys, I have done so much effing mindset work around the area of my life that is dating and relationships. Um, like probably 10 years, I would say. And it's been on and off because I, uh, like I said, I built two businesses and I traveled all over the place and I spent a good chunk of time in, um, Australia. Uh, so there's been like long periods of time. And then we were in a pandemic. Like there's been long periods of time where I just didn't really focus on it. However, I will say that the periods of time that I didn't focus on it often was because that was easier than addressing all the ways in which I didn't feel safe. And I did so much coaching. I've hired inner child coaches. I have, um, like done multiple different programs and courses and all this kind of stuff, um, affirmed things, visualized 
none of it ever worked. What would happen would I would get into a potential relationship with someone. And I would start to, as soon as I like had any level of emotion on board, I would start to spiral. I would go into some kind of stress response that I wasn't recognizing. I was thinking it was like, you know, me thinking wrong thoughts. And then I would make myself wrong for it. And I could not exit out of that stress response. It would get my brain on board. I would start being convinced that this person, it was not safe to open up around them. It was not safe to let them in. The only relationships I really did let in were the ones that either were like not truly what I wanted or like a relationship when I was in Australia that felt safe because I was leaving the country (laughs) and anything else. I would never usually make it past, um, I don't know, a couple of months because I would just start to feel so unsafe and I would try to do mindset work around it and it did not work. It was, it, and who I was being then was fear. And what do you get when you're being fear? Well, you get fear. You get the thing that you're afraid of happening if you fixate on it for long enough. And so as soon as I started doing body work around feeling safe about things, just, I mean, a lot in many different areas of my life has been changing in a short period of time because I'm no longer trying to think my way out of a physiological response. I am actually addressing the source of the thoughts, which is the nervous system, the body. And if we, we can look, you know, that's just my example. Um, same thing in my business, like a lot of, a lot of, um, launches that, energetically, I self-sabotaged because I would go into some like, like rejection, fear response, whatever it was, and not, not recognize it for what it was. And so I would just like, I mean, I would usually finish it on an action-based perspective, but I would have emotionally completely pulled out at that point because it didn't feel safe. Um, and as soon as I started to, as soon as I started to, um, address this from a body place, now everybody talks about, you know, holding the vibe, which is sort of the opposite of, or sorry, sort of the same thing as being like unwavering in your luminary energy. Right. Um, what that really means is that you don't back out because of a stress response or because of a lack of safety. It's like, if you can teach your body safety in the moments of, you know, threat or perceived threat now, there becomes a lot less that's going to trigger you into wavering out of your power, out of your belief about something. And all of this is to say that who you really are is the luminary. Who you really are is powerful AF. Um, who we are born into this world as are their, you know, kids are like young children, especially are fearless, right? They want to talk to everyone. They want to do absolutely everything. That's who you really are. It's once life starts teaching you that there are things in your environment that aren't safe, that we start to become different. And so it's, there's certainly a lot to be said about thinking differently about yourself and programming in a new identity and way of viewing yourself. Um, And I go into that in the program luminary. Um, But when we start to do the safety work and we start to approach who we are being from a body perspective. And on Friday, I'm going to talk about emotional reprogramming, not just about safety, but about actually like feeling into new ways of being in terms of confidence and power. That's when we just naturally elevate into our power because we're not being taken out of it. We're not having the resistance come up and have us question things. Um, so yeah. Okay. So I just want to say that one. How many times did I read it? I don't remember. But when we start to understand that the thoughts and emotions that are taking us out of our luminary energy are actually originating, originating in the body, we get to go to work on addressing the source of our doubt, attachment, and resistance, find unconditional safety in every situation, and therefore unconditional alignment, belief, and power.
So this is a huge part of what we do inside of, um, the luminary group program. Okay. I've never thought of holding the vibe to be connected to feeling safe in my body. They are one in the same. Um, okay. I'm going to read these questions. You guys, I'm going to just drop for you though, a link for the program luminary. And, you know, this has been very strategically set up to, be a very different kind of manifestation program. The intention is manifestation, but the access to it is who you are being and the way that you think and feel habitually about yourself and having it's, it's called an intensive identity incubator. (laughs) That's what I called it for a reason. This is also a lot of the work now that I'm having all of my business, um, clients do, uh, I've done a number of modules on it in the new curriculum of my launch magic program, because I recognize how important this is. And what I used to see a lot of the time with clients of mine is they would go into a launch, um, or they'd be getting ready for a launch and they'd have this stress response happen. And because they couldn't recognize it for what it was. And I didn't have this. I mean, I did, we always did, we did inner child work. That was Last year with Luminary, that was how I described what I'm talking about right now. I said, you know, there's a part of us that doesn't feel safe or loved and we need to for that safety and love. Um, And, you know, if you start to see that nervous system work and inner child work are the two are two of the same things, but yeah, um, Joanne, I've never thought of holding the vibe to be connected to feeling safe in my body. That's exactly what it is. When we feel safe, we don't pull away from our power and we're able to maintain it, or we're able to come back to it quickly. It's again, it's not that we don't have stress responses or that we don't spiral. It's that we're able to address it quickly so that it doesn't become a long-term thing. I spent so much of last year in a stress response that I couldn't recognize. And it became like a new emotional program for me because I, I mean, I had a very high level coach at the time who could not, she couldn't recognize it either. And it's, it's like really interesting. I would show up on these coaching calls in such a stress response in so much fear about things. And, you know, she'd give me mindset work and that's fine. That's her level of awareness. But when you really start to see what this is actually about, it's a whole different game, but also you get to start making shifts quickly because you're not trying to override an emotional response or a physiological response with a psychological band-aid, which is basically what mindset work a lot of the time is doing. Um, such great information and reminder of meaning we make around everything. Um, this week, uh, I realized this week that I've prided myself on being willing to try new things, change, try hard and devote, but it's actually easy for me to do that. Like I'm comfortable in the trying and building phase, Ooh, but reaching a next level where opportunities and money flow consistently and smoothly, what feels like success is unknown to me. still feels unsafe. It's like, that's such a good breakthrough, Jenna. Like, yeah, a lot of the time, especially entrepreneurs, how much time do we spend on like, you know, shiny object syndrome? I freaking love it because it, there's so much safety in the um, in the planning phase of things, right. In the ideas phase, like I always say, that's like my favorite part. And a lot of it is because it's creative and we as entrepreneurs are creatives. Um, but beyond that, it's completely safe. I've not put it out there into the world yet. Right. Um, and like, as you're saying, um, reaching the next level where opportunities and money flows consistently and smoothly, what feels like success is unknown. Yeah. And therefore unsafe. So that's work. We can familiarize our brain and body with a potential, that we desire to experience without actually experiencing it. And, and, uh, that's work that we do inside of luminary. What if, Oh, sorry. I already read that. Um, 
have a client consult and I've had so many experiences of rejection and anxiety around them that now that's what comes up every time. Yes. Even though I have so many positive past experiences as well, it's something I have to actively try to reprogram every time it comes up. We're going to talk about that. Uh, I think that's such a good piece of awareness, Camille. We're going to talk about that on Friday in terms of programmed or sorry, practiced emotional programs in the body and basically familiarity that our body creates between certain experiences and the emotion that it knows to associate it with. And again, all of that is unconscious. And this is why like so much manifestation work just does not work for people because it's approaching everything from this conscious perspective. Like we're choosing things moment by moment. And it, that's not what it is. (laughs) We, we can consciously choose what we desire to create, but then we have to create the unconscious way of being and, and like emotional and mental programs that support it. And it doesn't have, it's like, once you understand that that's what you need to do, it doesn't have to take a long time either, but people spend years and years trying to consciously create something that they don't have the safety. They don't have the nervous system regulation for, they don't have the um, emotional programming to support or way of being to support, and it doesn't work, or they might get sporadic results here and there, but it doesn't ever stick, right? You can meet your soulmate tomorrow, but if you don't feel safe in being in that relationship, they're not going to stick around. You're going to sabotage it. Or like, I don't know, imagine them breaking up with you to the point that they do. I've done that. (laughs) Um, I also feel like my body has consistently stayed at around the same weight and shape. And the thought of becoming more fit makes me feel anxious and ungrounded for some reason. Ooh. Um, so it's like subconsciously stay around the same size. I think for so many women, Jenna, um, there isn't safety in looking different for many women. I think it's because we've had you know, abuse, um, or we've had trauma around our body. We've gotten unwanted attention around our body. Um, this is actually like not, I'm not a psychologist, but this is a huge reason why a lot of people stay overweight because that was their way of protecting themselves after something happened to them when they were young. Um, so yeah, when you start to look at why, why wouldn't I feel safe looking differently than I do now? I've never, Oh, I already read that. I think I'm struggling to find where my fear is. I know it's there because I'm, I'm held back from bigger things. What's your advice to find the specific fear and how would we fix that at the nervous system level? So you don't need to find necessarily what the fear is, um, because that's more like what you do in therapy. And this work is not about the source of it. Um, it's much more about just recognizing what the patterns are. Like, when does the fear come up, right? At some point you might recognize where it came from or why it's there, but it's not necessary. And I also think I'm a huge proponent of Dr. Joe's work. And that's a lot of what I'm sharing with you guys. Um, he says, the more that we kind of look for and then fixate on the source of something, the more that we're just experiencing the emotions that were involved with it in the first place and therefore potentially making it worse. So, um, we don't need to look at the source of the fear. We just need to look at when I, when does it come up? Are you thinking about taking action in your business? Um, are you taking action in your business and that's when it comes up? Are you, is it just like an overall sense of dread you have about something? Like look at where it's at and it's not so much about like, well, why do I feel fearful of this? It can, like, it can be helpful to just recognize there's a way in which I don't feel safe right now, but that is enough to look at when I do this or think about this, I don't feel safe. Okay, cool. I'm going to start teaching my body safety. Um, and this is, you know, safety work, which is something I'm teaching inside of launch magic, uh, and luminary as well. It's a big part of luminary actually, um, is there's different ways that we can find safety. I, uh, I've tried a lot of different things myself. 
more or less, it's things that allow you to be really present in the moment and therefore are able to show your body in those moments specifically that it is physically safe. Because even though it's most of the time an emotional threat that it's wanting to like protect itself from, it doesn't actually know that it just, like I said, it just thinks like I'm possibly about to die. (laughs) So I'd better not do this thing. If we can actually show the body, it is physically safe in this moment, which nine times out of 10 it is. And I mean, in the last two years, we actually did have a good number of, and do have a good number of physical threats come our way. And so that's just like made everything that much harder, but, um, still most of the time we are physically safe in the moment, but we have a fear of either emotional or physical, um, not safety (laughs) danger. (laughs) Um, and so it's really just about recognizing and teaching the body, a new emotional program. That is one that is based in safety. Um, and yeah, again, this is what we're going to do inside of luminary, which Michelle, you are in the Academy. So you get to participate, uh, if you want to. Okay. So, um, I want to just talk really quickly before we wrap up. Wow. I've talked for 70 minutes. What the heck happened? Um, thank you guys for staying with me all this time. I really appreciate it. I literally thought I've been talking for like 40 minutes. So, um, I just want to talk really quickly about what manifestation looks like with a, with a regulated nervous system. And I did talk about it just briefly, but when we can actually start to see that alignment is more or less a regulated nervous system and, a, and misalignment is a dysregulated nervous system. Again, we start to get to look at the source of our resistance and, and address it on that like body-based level. But manifestation from a regulated nervous system perspective is a completely different ballgame. It's not this like frantic or manic manifesting that we see a lot of the time where we think we got to get like all of our energy up around something. It is this like calm, collected way of being that's actually a very open energy of receiving. And if you can start to associate with your body within your body, you know, things that in the past have triggered you if you can actually start to rewire the emotional programs that is associated with certain things, um, now you're not susceptible to being taken out like that, right? It's like, I've witnessed it over and over with people launching in their business. And it's like, as soon as card opens and a half a day goes by. And I witnessed this also with very close friends of mine with super successful businesses. If they're feeling vulnerable at all, they can open cart and within a half a day, be in a pit of anxiety about it because again, it's like a nervous system thing, but what if no matter what you were safe, therefore your body didn't trigger all these thoughts in your mind. Um, and you got to just stay in this place of like, I'm okay. I'm physically okay in this moment. So body, there's no reason for you to like put, get the brain on board with things and try and have us be in fight or flight. Um, cause that's really what it's about when we pull away from things, it's, it's fight. Or when we react to things, sorry, when we pull away from things, it's flight. When we react to things, it's fight. Um, or we get angry or frustrated about something, but anyways, um, manifestation with a regulated nervous system is a very different energy and process. It's an openness. It's a non-judgmental place to be. Um, it's staying in a place of receiving and being able to hold the vibe or at least continuously return back to it because you're addressing the source and because you're not going into an unconscious safety response at the possibility of a threat, either a threat of something that is unknown or a threat of repeating a past experiences, uh, experience that left you either with trauma or just a really negative belief about yourself. 
Okay, so your call to action for you guys today is to write out the luminaries perspective on your current reality and share it in the group. Um, how could you decide to see where you're at right now differently and just practice that? Um, and also, you know, as sort of just a bonus, just start looking at you guys that we're watching have already started to do this, but look at where is, uh, where am I not feeling safe? And the things that I have desired to create for a while now and don't have it, where don't I feel safe? And then post to your Instagram stories if you want um, extra, whatever, like entries into the giveaway. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and um, got lots more goodies to talk about on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, sorry, what days are Thursday and Friday? If you guys are on the replay, let me know. And I just appreciate you guys so, so much. So I'll see you tomorrow.